Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. Uh, it's fantastic to be speaking to you now uh, this morning from Scripture as we continue this series looking at the glory of God uh, in the Old Testament. And uh, we thought and we planned this many weeks ago that we should end this mini-series by looking at a passage where the people of God in the Old Testament, led by Joshua, are carrying the glory of God with them in the Ark of the Covenant, but they encounter their first major obstacle. And we thought it was really important to look at what happens for the people of God, both personally in our personal lives, collectively as a church, and as we stand today in the context of our globe, when we face major obstacles to God's intention. And we know, don't we, that by way of introduction, God's intention, his long-range plan is through his son Jesus, through his death on the cross, to complete and perfect and restore his good creation, to end all wars, to bring peace, to pour out his love and mercy through us as the people of God in his good creation. So that's the long-range plan. But what happens when we encounter obstacles, obstacles in our personal lives, in our church lives, in our city, and in our globe. So it feels good timing to be talking on this today. And we picked this passage many weeks ago on the walled city of Jericho. So I also just want to acknowledge the weirdness of that timing and the slight uncomfortableness of that timing as we look at this passage. But nevertheless, we believe that God has an important message on faith to us today as we face the obstacles we face So if you'll come with me to Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, to chapter 6, verse 5. That's what we're going to read from today, just an excerpt from the story. Joshua chapter 5, 13, to chapter 6, verse 5. And it goes like this. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. So then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Where you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. I've entitled this talk, Breaking Down the Walls. And I've been reflecting over the last few weeks how there can be so many walls in our lives, in our world, that hold us back from all that God has of his long-range plan I've already mentioned, his long-range completion plan for his world and for us. Like these walls of Jericho are an image for us of something holding back the people of God. Psalm 18:19 says, he brought me out into a spacious place. 
He rescued me because he delighted in me. In Christian tradition, there's this momentum towards the more of God. His kingdom come. One of my favorite passages is Paul in Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14. He says, I haven't obtained all this. I haven't arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for what which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So the thing I wanted to impart to us this morning is the more of the Lord, the spacious place of the Lord, the breakthrough of the Lord to bring down the walls that hold us back from his plans and purposes in our lives. And the problem is these walls restrict kingdom come, personally, corporately, in our world. So I want to ask you today, for your own lives, what is your wall? What is your Jericho for you today. These things can be internal, they can be external. These walls are things that when you're next to them, when you're next to a big wall, it threatens to overwhelm you. I know many of us will have felt that by the situation in Ukraine at the moment. It threatens to overwhelm us in our anxieties and fears for what is going on in the world. It confuses us and causes chaos because it's not of the Lord and it looms over us. But also these walls can be internal things. In our everyday lives, patterns of behavior, we get stuck in crises of purpose, paralyze us and cause us fear, longings unfulfilled. For some of us, these walls can be health obstacles, things outside of our control, financial worries, things that we're concerned of in prayer, things that are stuck. But our passage today has some amazingly powerful strategies from the Lord for this journey of faith beyond the walls. It gives us strategies to see how God wants to use us through prayer and worship to bring down these kind of walls and to step into the spacious place through prayer and worship. So if you'll come with me, I want to go through three things that we learn from this passage, three strategies when you're facing the wall. By the way, does anyone watch Danny Dyer on BBC? The Wall? Anyone seen that program? You need to see that. It's a game show. All right, I've lost that analogy. You have to see it. The Wall. He speaks it like that. Um, when you're facing the wall, first of all, this passage is famous for the shout, the, the worship shout that brings down the wall. But there's something hidden, which is why I chose to go from verse 13 of chapter 5. There's something in the hidden place that's crucial that gives us a key insight to our strategy in prayer and worship when we face these wars. First of all, there is a private renewal of close contact of intimacy with the presence of God when we come to face these obstacles to the Lord's will. You see in verse 13, Joshua encounters this man, this strange man that represents the Lord, his presence. And he meets this man, and Joshua says to him, are you with me, or are you with them? And the man replies, neither, neither, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And it's like this man is saying, the question is, Joshua, are you with me? Are you with me? And, and, and Joshua has this encounter, again, this realignment with the presence of the Lord. And, and we've got to remember, Joshua 
He's, he's a big cheese. He's been commissioned as someone to succeed Moses. He's been kept separate from sin, the whole golden, golden calf episode. He's been someone who's been kept close to the holy things of God. He's referred to as someone in whom is the Spirit. He, he's been three times been told to be strong and courageous. And he's been given a task by God to inherit the promised land. And yet here, before the walls come down of Jericho, he needs a reminder moment, a realignment moment. Yet again, he's drawn close to the glory of God, and he knows he needs to spend time in the presence of God. And the first thing we need to learn when we face walls to God's kingdom come is to surrender, to surrender afresh to the Lord, to just fall down. I say, you are God. And we've done that this morning in our worship, haven't we? When we don't know what to do, our eyes are on you. We fall down and we say, hey, we've got to get in line with you, God. We want to be on your side. We want to be on the, the God of the cross's side, the cruciform God's side. And Joshua falls face down and worships. And he takes off his sandals for the place he is, is holy. And sandals in the Old Testament represent someone's power and their ownership of things. And so by taking off his shoes, again, he's saying, yours is the ownership, God. Yours is the power to, to break down this wall, to advance your kingdom, to bring your goodness. Yours is the power, God. And you see, the first temptation when you face a wall in your journey with the Lord, when we face any kind of wall of obstacles to God's kingdom come, is to believe the lie that I'm on my own. That, that we're on our own. It's like, and the war feels so massive. I, I, and I felt like this with the situation in, in Ukraine. It's like, I, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know if you felt like that. I don't know what to do. But again, just to say it can happen with these personal things in our own internal lives. And you just don't know what to do. You can't overcome it yourself. And, and this lie comes, I'm on my own. It's me and the war, right? But here is this crucial reminder and strategy from the Lord and what's so powerful is that even this encounter is about the holiness and the presence of the Lord. And it tells us, no, we're not on our own when we're facing a wall of obstacle to the Lord. But the wall itself is held in the context of the Alpha and the Omega, of the beginning and the end, of the holy God. The whole land that the wall is on is holy ground that is the Lord's. And so this trust rises up in us to refuse that lie that we're on the own, to say, no, I need to surrender before there's any success, before there's any advancement of the Lord's kingdom, a realignment that he is in charge, that I am not on my own. And so for some of us today, that's all we need to hear, that you've been fighting the war, but you, you, you need to take off your shoes, your power, your ability to change it and just surrender again like complete surrender, like this is yours, God. This is yours. It's not my ownership. It's not my power. This is yours. For some of us, it's just declaring over those walls that this is holy ground. Just reclaim it. This is God's problem. This is his thing. The second thing, I'm going to race through it slightly because of time, but the second thing when you're facing the wall, the second strategy of the Lord that we learn from this passage comes from the very specific instructions. The very specific instructions for verses 2 to 6 in our passage. The people of God are told to do one lap a day around the wall, around the obstacle. One lap a day and then to rest. That's all. 
That's all they are to do uh, in this task. And I don't know what you'd be thinking or feeling in that walking party. Uh, you'd be thinking, like, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing only this? But this is the instruction of the Lord. And I've been thinking about this, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in, in a walk, a walking party, where you're not the leader, and you're like, you have that initial enthusiasm, and then you're like, where, does this person know where we're going? Does this person know anything about the, this place? Uh, I, I am known um, in my family, and this grieves me greatly because I love walks, but I, my walks are now known in my family as daddy's awful walks. Well, you're not supposed to laugh, but uh, it grieves me greatly. I love walks, and I always think I know where I'm going. Or I set off, and I'm really excited. I mean, it was only a walk to the custard factory from the center of town, but that was the one that triggered Daddy's awful walks. It took far longer uh, than I thought it would take, and we got completely lost. Um, But it's got worse because over the summer, I took our staff out for a walk as well. Here's a picture and I got us completely lost in Kinver Edge. Has anyone been there? Has been there? I got us completely lost in this forest. Uh, and it's no exaggeration, like completely, like dangerously lost. I, I had pregnant women in the party, like seriously heavily pregnant women in boiling hot heat, completely lost uh, in this place. Uh, I thought I knew, I knew where we were going, but it can be so hot. When you're one of these people and you're not the leader... You start losing faith, don't you? You start losing hope. And you start wanting to just give up. Please, someone get me out of here. Thanks, you could take that off. Daddy's awful walks. The doctor's awful walks. That's my new name now and the staff. Uh, And if we think of these guys walking around this wall, and this is what it can feel like, doesn't it? We all know this when we're facing obstacles in our faith journey, in our personal lives, in our world. You just feel like, I'm just walking, walking. How many times do I need to pray for this? How many times do I need to, to praise the Lord over? How many times do I need to talk about this? And, and you just start losing uh, your strength, like literally your strength, your energy. Like, can we just sit down? Can we just stop for some snacks? Like, I just want to dial out from this faith thing. I want to just sit back and have a Kit Kat and a can of Coke. You know what I mean? Like, the temptation, the second temptation to withdraw from the wall, to be passive, and to sit down and stop, and stop trusting. And so the second message, the second strategy is to trust in the Lord, to trust in the leader, to trust. Joshua, of course, means Jesus, the name, it's the same name, to trust in our leader, Jesus, who's gone through the wall on the cross and has defeated all evil in the world, who knows exactly where he's going, who's coming again to trust in him and keep on following him and not withdraw or be passive in our faith and prayer and worship over the obstacles to God's kingdom come in our world. That's the challenge, to trust and keep on trusting. I don't know about you, but I love this verse in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't get out your own maps. Don't come up with your own strategies. Trust in the Lord. That was my own addition to the verse. In all your ways, this is the verse again, submit to him. In all your ways, in all your paths, in all your great ideas for new ways to bring down those obstacles, in all your ways, keep realigning with the holy God and submit to him. 
That was, again, my own addition to this. And he will make your path straight. He, Joshua, Jesus, he will make your path straight so you are in line with his strategy to bring down these obstacles. You see, we get so wrong when we move away too far as the church from the cross. That we, we, we gain our lives by losing them. That Jesus sacrificed or took on all the violence of the world on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. This is our way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the walk. And it's no wonder that Hebrews, when it looks back on these kind of passages like Jericho, it's no wonder that it interprets it purely through the eyes of faith. And it says this in Hebrews 6.12, We do not want you to become lazy, sit back on the walk, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherited what has been promised. You see, the second point of this talk is trust, but it's keep on trusting. It's faith against the obstacles in our lives, but also patience. Faith and patience. Keep on trusting. Keep on trusting on day one, on day two, on day three round the wall, on day four round the wall, on day five round the wall. It's even boring saying it. Never mind doing it, but keep on praying. Keep on worshiping. Keep on walking because every lap you do of the walk, it deepens and establishes your obedience to the Lord, your trust in Him, your honoring of Him, your, your commitment that he reigns and that he's in charge and that your life is him. Every lap establishes a beautiful pattern of trust. Every lap. And the deeper theology point here, before I move on to our final point, is that I think this story of Jericho and facing obstacles, it tells us something deep and really important about when God wants to bring down obstacles. It says that it's not only about God's will. We know God is good and he wants to resolve and complete and perfect everything in creation from our personal challenges and problems to the global challenges. But we know God wants to end these things. His will is that, but there's also his timing. His will plus his timing is the formula. His will plus his timing, and his timing we don't always understand, which is why the walk is hard. We don't always understand his timing. And again, the enemy's strategy in our spiritual lives is to take out that back of the equation, to take out the timing bit. And so again, we give up, we stop, we stop trusting his will. But timing is so important. His kingdom come, the now and the not yet of the kingdom, to keep on walking, keep on praying for that obstacle, keep on trusting in the Lord, in Jesus as the leader. The third and final thing I want to bring out of the God strategy for facing obstacles is this, to raise a shout, to raise a shout. On the seventh day, they were to walk around seven times, and the priests were to blow trumpets, which is the shofar, the ram's horn, and then the people of God were to raise a loud shout. This is about worship. It's about praise. It's about a shout of victory. And it's all built on verse 2. The Lord says, I have given you. I have delivered. It's a victory already accomplished. It's the total opposite of what Joshua's eyes could see. I want to unearth just a bit what that means. Well, over the things that limit us, that threaten to overwhelm us, 
what we do is we declare, and this is what we've been doing this morning so powerfully, we declare our agreement with the victory already announced in Christ. We declare and align ourselves, our minds, our hearts, our wills with God's intention. 1 Corinthians 15, that there is a day when all things will be brought under Christ's feet. And he will bring them to the Father and say, there you go. There you go, to your glory. All things will be fixed and fit together in Christ, Colossians 1. That there will be a completion of the kingdom. And when we praise, when we worship when we raise a shout, we're aligning ourselves with that victory already announced. This happens by means of the Holy Spirit. Again, that's what we've been doing. The Holy Spirit active and present in the room. In the fourth century, Basil of Caesarea, he said the Holy Spirit is the perfecting one. He's completing everything for us here by his presence of the Spirit. And so when we worship, when we raise a shout over the obstacles in our lives, in our world, we're aligning with the victory of Christ. And so when you're facing a wall, you want to be with the people of God. You want to be in the presence of God. And you want to be trusting in the promises of God, declaring the victory of Christ over obstacles in our lives. I want to end by telling you a story, from a personal obstacle story that, um, that happened when I was... Um, involved in an event once. I was leading worship um, with my wife Becky. We were leading a time of worship where all ages were present, families were worshiping together at this event. And we spoke on this kind of uh, message of breaking down the walls, of raising a shout and worship, of trusting God and surrendering to Him. And we asked everyone present to do a prayer activity together. We said to all the families and, and children and young people present, what we want you to do is to cut out a paper brick representing the wall, the obstacle in your life. And write on that paper brick what your obstacle is, the thing that you're praying for, the thing you want breakthrough in that's limiting you coming to the fullness of what God has for you in your life. And lots of people in the room started writing stuff on their piece of paper, their brick piece of paper. And one of the mums there turned out to be a lady who'd suffered for two years from chronic fatigue. She had four children under 12. And so her wall was health. That was her wall. That was her obstacle that she was praying. She was walking around. She was trusting the Lord with. So on her paper brick, she wrote, my health. We then said, once everyone had written stuff down, we said, right, everyone on your feet, if you're able, we're going to worship. We're going to raise a shout over these things, over these walls. What we want you to do is to bring forward your piece of paper, your paper brick, your wall, to lay it down on the front. And we're going to worship over these things. We're going to trust the Lord. We're going to surrender to his holiness. And we're going to raise a shout over these things. So we started leading this song. And I was leading this song called Faith as Tiny as a Seed. Faith as small as it can be can move the mountain. We believe in God. Nothing is impossible for him. And the kids started bringing these pieces of paper out the front. And this person brought out, this, their, her children brought out her piece of paper that said, my health. And they put them all on the front. And this is exactly as I planned it to be. And I was leading worship over it. We were worshiping for breakthrough over these walls. But then something out of my control happened. The children started picking up the pieces of paper and ripping them up into tiny pieces and just throwing them in each other's faces. Throwing them in the congregation's faces, in the adults' faces, just throwing them everywhere. And it was this paper storm of ripped up bricks, of ripped up 
walls to the advancement of God's kingdom. The limitations on life. And I started to sweat, I have to confess. It was out of my control. It wasn't what I had planned. But the Lord was at work. The Lord was at work. Uh, we ended that session. We prayed for breakthrough over the walls that had been ripped up in front of us. And, we, and everyone went home. And you know, you end those times, and you're not quite sure did, uh, what happened, but we were faithful. We trusted the Lord. We surrendered to Him. We worshiped over these things. Uh, and, and, and then later on, we went, all went home from this event. And we got this email a month later from the mum who'd written My Health on the brick. And it said this, I came away from that time of worship not really thinking anything about it. But the next morning I woke up, my whole body felt normal. When we got home, life was really hectic for a few days, lots of visitors, but I still felt okay. So now after a month, I'm still feeling fine and I have to remind myself that this is what it is to feel normal. So all in all, I just wanted to let you know that God was doing stuff in the room that night, and I had a breakthrough in my health. I now feel that we have a normal family life again. And I have to say, several months later, we heard from her again, because sometimes these things, you're like, or is that just a a momentary thing, a flash in the pan, like, was that a true healing? But several months later, she emailed again. And she said, I'm still absolutely fine. No pain, no fatigue. This was a genuine work of God. Praise the Lord for his breakthrough. And what was beautiful was it was a simple thing. The children involved, everyone was involved in the room. We trusted in the Lord. We surrendered to his presence, his holiness. And we got ourselves through worship in line with the victory of Christ. We trusted him. And so as, as I end here, I want to um, invite you, this message has many applications to our lives. For some of us, it is literally about surrendering to him afresh. The wall for you, the obstacle for you has felt so large, maybe in finances, maybe in relationships, maybe in health, maybe the situation in our world. It's, it's filled you with fear. And you don't know how to break through, and that lie has come. I'm on my own with this. And today is just about falling face down before the Lord, saying, you are holy. I surrender to you. I'm not on my own in this. Jesus, you're with me. For some of us, it's about trust. And you have trusted the Lord with this longing that you have for breakthrough. But you, you're losing energy. And the message today is to have patience to keep on trusting for that breakthrough to come. And there's an encouragement and a strength from the Lord to do that. Thirdly, for others of us, it is a, a renewed call to raise a shout, to worship the Lord over the obstacles in our lives. The obstacles in our lives. And all this matters. So in a minute, I'm going to call out these things for, for, so we can pray into them. But well, as I end, this is so important that we move into the spacious places of the Lord, that we, we don't stay behind the things that limit God's plans. Because for us as a church, to be the people of God, walking in the presence of God, trusting in the promises of God, we have to be people who boldly step beyond these walls and are in the spacious place of God's kingdom come to be light for our city. So shall we stand together now as the band come up together?
Lord, we welcome you in this place right now. We thank you for your presence here with us. Let's just have a moment just to say, come Holy Spirit. If you're watching online, just invite the Lord's presence here with us. We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. We pray for more of you. Come now. And in a moment, I'm going to just invite you to just come out to the front. We're just going to have a time of prayer, ministry, just standing alongside one another, praying for the more of the Lord, the breakthrough of the Lord. I'm going to invite you to come out if you know you've been facing a wall and you need the Lord's breakthrough. And uh, first of all, we're going to do it on, on personal things, internal things, external things, things that have been causing you fear, things that have been making you lose hope, things that you've been walking around five, six times. But today is the time to receive the Lord's encouragement to keep on trusting. Keep on trusting. So if you know you're facing a wall personally right now, why don't you just come out right now? Come out for prayer ministry. We're just going to wait. We'd love to pray with you. Thank you. If you want to come out with a friend, bring someone you've come to church with. It might be you're a, a married couple. You want to come out together and just receive shared prayer. I know it takes courage to come out. I just invite you just to step forward. So here I am, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you. Let's just keep, if you're able, just move around to the front. There's lots more coming out. Just let's make some more room. Yeah, that's it. Just boldly come. I know I, I've been the person hesitating before, and I'm like, oh, do I really need to come out? I'm not. I'm fine. God will meet me where I am. It's true, but there is also something about coming out. Don't worry if it looks like there's no, no, not enough room. There's still room for you. So if you want to stand and say, Lord, I, I need a breakthrough in this area. I, I, I want to surrender to you. I want to trust in you. Just come on out. We'll just wait a bit longer. And if you're already out here, first of all, relax. <laughs> Again, I, you know, I know this from my own experience. I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? Just like chill. And if you're online, just relax. Maybe you want to just write, yeah, I'd love prayer. Just write that online so others online can see and, and just hold you in prayer. But if you're out here at the front, just relax. And we're just going to pray for the Lord to minister to you. Those of us on our team, uh, in a moment, if you could come out and just start laying hands on people. You might have to move quite quickly just to move around. Uh, just bless what the Lord's, all you can do is just bless what the Lord's doing, okay? So um, if you're in a, a life group, if you're a group leader or in our church for quite a while, why don't you just come out and start praying, and I'm going to pray as well. Just to say again, thank you for coming out. I know it's bold. I know it's brave. I think some, some of you come out for the very first time 
today just to receive the Lord's presence. So again, let's not miss anyone out. If you're thinking, oh, should I pray for someone or not? Why don't you just come out and start praying? Like if you're at all in doubt, come out and start praying for other people. It's just that everyone gets prayed for. And for some of you, this is painful, and that's okay. And again, I just want to say that's okay. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. It's okay. It's okay to be frustrated at the Lord and say, Lord, why? How long, O oh Lord? How long? So if you, know, if, you, if you want to speak out loud while you're here, just speak out loud. How long, O oh Lord? If you want to cry out, it's okay. Let's again just relax in this room. The rest of us, let's be praying for these people at the front. Just be praying in the spirit online. Be praying for each other. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And the presence of the Lord is here. And again, if you're new to this, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. We just pray for each other. The Bible talks about laying on holy hands and just praying for the life of God, which is the Holy Spirit to be active and what he's doing is he's bringing what Jesus has done on the cross he's bringing that and pressing that down into lives so come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit So as we just keep praying, we're going to begin to worship over these things. We're going to begin to sing the whole of the rest of the room just to align ourselves with that victory and just worship and pray over one another. If you're at the front, I encourage you just to linger, to stay in the Lord's presence. If you're on prayer team, just keep moving around as we worship. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.